Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Josh Neighbors here. This is the Neighborhood Watch. On today's show, could the Big 12 hand one more parting shot to the Pac-12 in the form of keeping them out of this year's college football playoff? And could it be an outgoing team for the Big 12 that helps send that parting shot? We'll discuss on today's show. Make sure you all subscribe to the channel, Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You guys can find this show wherever you guys get your podcast and here on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, we help. Uh, we hope you subscribe. And also like the videos. Seriously, like the videos. That's what helps us get these things around more. Trying to get that engagement up. You know, it's hard. Everybody was so crazy about conference realignment. Now the season started, started to see a little bit of dip. Hey, we're trying to get that thing back up. So help like the videos and also leave comments. That helps get the conversation going. You can't listen to the show. Wherever you guys get your podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Neighborhood Watch is available. When you guys go there, you can help out by leaving a five-star review. You can write one if you'd like to, but you don't have to. Five stars, though, that always helps. Find us on Twitter at NWPod365. Find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. It's also called X now as well. But uh, on that front, my picks every single week come out Saturday morning. We are seven and three so far again, or seven and four so far against the spread. Uh, so we're off to a good start so far this year with the Big 12 best bets. Those come on Saturday morning. Got to be following me on Twitter for those. Also, if you guys want to join our college football pick them, I'll put it in the uh, link below. But every single week we pick games. I might do some specific weeks, but the season long winners. If you guys, uh, if you do win, you'll get a, a neighborhood watch piece of merchandise. We're going to have sweatshirts, golf shirts, long sleeves coming out here soon. Also, I'll get you a 365 sports hat. They are great hats. So you guys want to be joining in on that. CBS Sports Neighborhood Watch is the name. The uh, password is just watch. All right, let's get to it. So we're through two games, but I don't think it's too early to look ahead to the college football playoff because that's where everybody wants to go, right? This is the last year the Pac-12 is going to be by itself, uh, you know, or be a thing, I guess you could say. It's also the last year that the Big 12 has Oklahoma and Texas, and it's the last year the uh, college ball playoff is just at four teams. So all of those things are kind of convalescing in this weird situation because it looks like right now the Big 12, mm, the chance that it's the weakest Power 5 conference I definitely think the SEC, while it's down this year, in my opinion, we'll get into that in a little bit, is better. I think the top three in that Big Ten just set it apart. When you've got a Ohio State, a Penn State, and a Michigan who look as good as they do already, you add in the Iowas of the world kind of in that second tier, the Minnesotas of the world in that second tier, it looks like you have a pretty decent conference there. And just that strength up top. I mean, I'm not sure any other conference in America has three hammers like that conference does. The Pac-12 has the depth, right? The Pac-12 has got USC. It's got Washington and Oregon. It's got, uh, you know, UCLA is now broken in to the rankings. Now, I'm not sure how good they are. 
that Oregon State and Washington State are fantastic this year as well. And don't let's not forget Utah is right there in the mix. So that conference, it's honestly, it might be like isolated in terms of this season. It could be number two. Now, I would not put it ahead of the SEC. Um, you know, you make the arguments, but like they have a case for it. We'll see as the season goes along. Because I think the Big Ten, you know, it depends on what you value, but the Big Ten might be number one just because they have those three absolute hammers at the top. And we'll get to the SEC West here in a second. But, you know, think about like, all right, conference depth and whatnot. I mean, the the Pac-12 has just got it. And even Colorado isn't there right now. I'm not even sure how long Colorado will stay up. But, uh, you know, Cal looked frisky last week against Auburn. And you got to account for them, you know, being a decent team. Stanford, now they might just be a nail this year. The Hawaii game went well uh, past that. No, uh, ASU's got some problems and Arizona's got issues as well. But even those schools were competitive in some games against Power 5 opponents this past week. So maybe a little more competition in that league towards the bottom than we've had in the past. And I just think the Big 12 is in a little bit of a transition year just because Baylor like can't find their footing again. TCU's down right now, but I do think Sonny Dykes will have them rebound. And heck, they even might rebound during the season. Uh, I think Oklahoma State's going to be back on the climb. I just think it needs some time, but I'm just it's hard when they're playing three quarterbacks and I'm not sure who their guy is. So it's interesting to see, but Tech has not capitalized off of the early kind of momentum that we thought they would have. And so they've got all these new teams still adjusting to the league as well. Uh, and I think it's a kind of a three-horse race up top with K-State, with uh, Oklahoma, and with Texas. So you think about, like, the league, and then you have the ACC. You know, that's kind of just a jumbled mess, right? Like, ACC could be five. I think we have to see how good some of those teams are. But, like, I really just don't know how good that league is. And, I, I mean, you know, UVA in the bottom, not very good. Boston College, my God, they are terrible. I don't think Syracuse is very good this season. So, I mean, that, that league is a definite, definite bottom. Uh, and, and so Georgia Tech is down there as well. Uh, so I think that league probably has the the worst bottom of any other conference. I think at this point in time, I think it's safe to say that you know, Virginia Tech is probably not very good. Uh, I watched them play against Purdue, and I, I don't think that team's got a whole lot. So you know, I I think uh, I think they might be the worst, but the Big Twelve like is not punching up this year. Now, the good news is the Pac twelve is going away, so they don't have to worry about that. But for this season, everybody's talking about, hey, the Pac-12 is awesome. It's amazing. Well, could the Big 12, uh, you know, give one more parting shot, if you will, to the Pac-12 conference? How could they do that? Well, they could keep them out of the college football playoff. And so here's what I mean. I'm going to show you all the contenders, or at least who I believe are contenders out of each conference. And yeah, some 2-0 teams are left off, and maybe some teams make big runs, but Really, I think these are the teams, and I'm even stretching on some of these, that I think you can consider as playoff contenders. Clemson, like, you know, we go to the ACC. Miami looked nice against a and I don't think that's going to be a year-long thing where they look that good, but they at least look good, so we got to give them some credit there. Uh, UNC has a big win already this year, so, you know, the South Carolina housing has got to be considered. I don't think they are. We saw App State move the ball all over them. FSU's got that awesome win against LSU. I think we have to consider them as a playoff contender. The Big 12, Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, the Big 10, those three I mentioned before. Pac-12, USC, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, OSU, and, and Utah, and even Wazoo if you want to chuck them in there. I'm being liberal kind of with this list. Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, and A&M. So you got to think about, okay, like if we're 
picking college football playoff teams at this point in time, right? Not saying there's going to be a field of four, but like who you think will make it. Well, Georgia's schedule is pretty easy. I think Georgia runs the table. And there are some people who believe, hey, if Georgia loses a game, it's going to be hard for them to get into the CFP. But if they're SEC champion and they're 12-1, and one, I have a tough time seeing them not being in the college football playoff. Michigan, or really, to be honest, like if you take any of those three schools in the Big Ten and you make them the Big Ten West champion or whatever division they are, Big Ten East champion, and you give them a win over whoever it is in the Big Ten West that they play, uh, that school is going to go. And there is a situation in which Michigan could beat Ohio State, Ohio State could beat Penn State, and, and Penn State could beat Michigan. Like They could have wins all over each other. Then the tiebreaker situation would send somebody on down the line. But I think that we're going to say whoever the Big Ten champion is, and it's most likely one of those three teams, let's just say it's Michigan because they have the belt of being there back-to-back years, uh, back-to-back Big Ten champions. Let's put them in. So let's say Georgia and Michigan are in. Well, where do you go to next, right? I would posit to you all that I think, I think, I mean, if the ACC champion is Florida State, they're probably going to go, especially if they only have one loss. They have Miami to contend with. They have Florida at the end of the year. We'll see what that's like. They've got Clemson on the road here, I believe, in a week to contend with as well, and an ACC championship game. So I would think that, look, that needs to be a 12-1 and ACC champion. But here's the deal. We have a situation where last season – Uh, TCU did not win a conference championship game and they still made the college football playoff. So it is not probable, but it is possible that that could happen. Uh, But, you know, I think that like we're now talking about the next two spots, you know, Georgia, Michigan implied, you have to ask, okay, the PAC 12 has a lot of contenders, but will somebody emerge or is everybody just going to beat up on everybody? Right. And a lot of these teams do end up having to play each other. And we saw Oregon last week against Texas Tech. Great effort. It's a great win. But that team definitely has some holes. Now, that would be my pick right now, but that's a team. We know that USC has Caleb Williams, and it's very possible that Caleb Williams could carry them to a college football playoff. But you know what will not carry them or even be good enough, in my opinion, to help them once they are there or trying to get there? It's their defense. I think most likely trying to get there. Their defense is what I am concerned about. I don't think that defense is nearly good enough to get meaningful stops against good enough teams. Now they did it against Stanford, but you know, against San Jose state, they had some problems. I think their defense might be better, but is their defense good enough? I don't know. And I mean, this point, Alex Grinch defenses have not been good enough. Washington, their passing attack is about as dynamic as anybody else's across the entire country. UCLA, I think we're still going to see, uh, you know, how good that team is, but you know, they're in, um, you know, they're, they're in the rankings. So I just chucked them in there just because Oregon state, what if they have a Cinderella run this year? Look, I don't know how good that team is. Some of the athletes maybe kind of concern you. Like they're not as athletic as other teams, but you have to think with DJ Uyungle, a quarterback who's looked strong so far this season, they have a shot and Utah has avoided some early upsets and you have to think, okay, they beat Florida. They beat uh, in the, the backup. They beat uh, Baylor with a backup. Now, it hasn't looked great, but they're finding ways to win. If they can get their man under center, back under center, they could be in great shape. Now, the problem for them is they play at Oregon State, at USC, at Washington. So a lot of chances to slip up. But I do think with how hard their schedule is, if they lose the right game the right kind of way, 
that could be a team that is in the college football playoff. Sure. But so I think most likely scenario is we have a one loss Pac-12 champion. But I think where the ACC and the Big 12 could team up to keep them out is this. I think Texas is the team that could keep out a, I think, and then combined with, with Florida State, could keep out other schools. So it's just going to matter what the resume looks like. But let's just say Florida State does run the table. They're, they're going to be in. And now we're talking about the Big 12 against the Pac-12 for one final college football playoff spot. Okay, who are you taking at that point in time? It depends on who it is, but the candidates are Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma. I think I do not think there's any other Big 12 contender to make a college football playoff and to be in one, and I'm not even sure if any of those schools could compete. Now, Texas, like, I don't know if Texas is a hammer. That's the one thing I'm wondering, right? You go to Alabama and you get a win like that. That is totally like it's incredibly valid and a really uh you know i think something that we must put into consideration moving forward but texas last couple of years has not been a school it's always put their foot down on somebody's neck. there have been some instances of them doing this the oklahoma game last year but there have been some opportunities to do it the texas tech game last year they're up two scores and they were not able to do it now i know they had a backup quarterback in but they were not able to do it and I was worried at this point in time, might have given the lead back there, but they kept showing their quality over time and were able to move ahead and, and win that game against Alabama. Now the target is on their back and Quinn Ewers still has not started like a ton of games. He's a very good player and they've got a lot of good players across the field. Um, but is their advantage on the line of scrimmage going to be enough each and every game to where they're not in the close games and when they're not in close games or when they are in close games rather, will they be able to gut it out against a Kansas State? against an Oklahoma. Now, I think they would against Oklahoma. Kansas State, I think it's a different situation, right? KSU and Texas played a, a banger last year, but Adrian Martinez was the quarterback in that game. He had a good game, but not a great game. Will Howard, a bit different, but I think it's a Kansas State offensive line that, look, it, it's looked really good, but the run blocking this year has already been a bit of a concern. I've seen Kansas State fans express that just a touch. Our man John Kurtz even said so. I saw him say it on Twitter, he had some concerns about what Missouri's defensive line could do to a Kansas State offensive line, right? So can Texas be that team week in and week out? I don't know, but the good news for them is their schedule is not as much of a gauntlet as everyone else's is. Same thing goes for an Oklahoma. Oklahoma might not be great, but if they make a change to a Jackson Arnold and he is as good as we think he could be, or if Dylan Gabriel just catches fire, but if Jackson Arnold is that good and their schedule is as weak as we think it could be uh, as well, then Oklahoma could be in a position to run the table. And if they get that Texas win, they're going to be in excellent shape. Or they could even be 12-1 and one and avenge the Texas loss at the end of the season. And I think they could still get in. Now, once again, that schedule could hurt them compared to a Pac-12 schedule. So I think Texas as a one-loss Big 12 champion would have a better argument, but Oklahoma is there, and then Kansas State, obviously. They have to be considered, in, and also Oklahoma's defense. Oklahoma's defense does appear to be better. Now, I would caution everybody and say, hey, look, what happened last year? Last year, their defense did not look as good, and uh, because of that, uh, you know, because their, their defense looked great to start off the year, but really fell off a cliff, you know, they recovered a pretty decent amount, uh, it looks like, this, so far this year, but we don't know if that's truth or not. So we have to see how good that defense 
is this season before we can make any declaration about how good they are. And then Kansas State, they've got a shot at keeping them, uh, keeping the Pac-12 school out maybe, but it's going to depend on what games you lose. I would have to think if Kansas State could rack up not one, but two wins over Texas, they might be able to drop another one, right? And they play Texas at Texas, but let's just say they were to lose at Missouri this week in a close game and they ran the table the rest of the way. They run through the Big 12 and they get two wins against Texas, one of those wins coming in Austin, then I think they definitely have a shot to get in over. Uh, and and you know, it, just, it would matter what are the two big wins coming for a Pac-12 school, right? What are the two massive wins that come for a Pac-12 school? Because you look at the Pac-12's non-conference, and while it's been really impressive so far, you know, you think about like, what are the massive wins though? What are the, the resounding victories that Pac-12 schools have picked up, right? That Florida, Georgia, uh, Florida, Utah game was something, but like, was it resounding? I don't think so. Now, Washington beats the breaks off Boise. That's just taking care of business. That's great. Colorado beats TCU, but what does that one actually mean for anything, you know, like uh, substantial? Uh, Utah beating Baylor is another good one. So they have two quality ones. That's why I think you kind of stack those two together. And that's good. Oregon beats Texas Tech, but you know, is that a res- I think it was a good win, but how resounding is that? That Washington State over Wisconsin wins really good, but do we think Washington State is going to be a CFP contender, right? And so you think about like these wins, and then you look at this week and the chance for a quality win. Okay, Washington over Michigan State, how big of a win is that? There's really not a lot of strength in these Pac-12 schools non-conference games. And so that's what has has me just a touch concerned at this point in time for these Pac-12 schools because nobody has as resounding of a victory as, you know, uh, as Texas does over in Alabama. Now you might say, well, Josh, Kansas State's going to have this problem. Yes, they would. But if we're talking about massive non-con victories, Texas could get one. Oklahoma could get penalized. The problem for them is they lost a game in the non-conference, they were supposed to play Georgia. Now, that's a good opportunity, but not sure that one would have went too well for them. They backfilled that with a, um, uh, you know, they backfilled that game with an SMU. So you're seeing how all of these combinations could possibly play out. But I'm just thinking about a scenario where a Texas or an Oklahoma helps the Big 12 conference keep out a Pac-12 school. Now, look, a lot of these Pac-12 schools are bound for different leagues, some by choice, some by not really. Uh, but it would be really funny because everybody's been talking up the Pac-12 this year. What if a Big 12 school, which got the upper hand over the Pac-12 in conference realignment, could get the upper hand over them one more time this season if they were to do it in this kind of situation? So I think that is something to watch as the season moves along. Big 12 versus Pac-12, potentially for a college football playoff spot. Speaking of uh, Big 12, let's look at what is on the line this weekend. And when we're doing this now, we to look ahead to this on a Wednesday. Let's talk about this big picture and also for the specific teams, but also like what do these games mean for the league? It is not the best schedule I think that we have seen. Uh, you know, kind of reminds me just a tad of that week one schedule. But I think this is still like it's not the worst slate in the world because you get the you get the old battle, right? Kansas State and Missouri. That's the big one we circle. Ohio and uh, or excuse me, Iowa State and Ohio 
we know that um, Rourke, O'Rourke is going to be back for Ohio, so that's good news for them. Oklahoma and Tulsa, Villanova, UCF, Miami of Ohio against Cincinnati, uh, Oklahoma State, South Al, Tarleton, Texas Tech, BYU, Arkansas is a very good offering. That's a good chance to see, you know, if B or if Arkansas or if BYU rather is the real deal. Arkansas has struggled. Can BYU take advantage of some of the struggles from the Hogs and make a big statement? Pitt and West Virginia, uh, two rivalry games in three weeks. Pitt also played Cincinnati, so that is a rivalry game too. It's a big game. Both those schools are one and one. I've had games, and I actually think West Virginia's performances so far, all things considered, haven't been terrible. Like they weren't awful against Penn State. Wyoming, who's already got one win against the Texas Big 12 school, goes to DKR to take on Texas. TCU and Houston at 7 o'clock on Big Ol' Fox. That's a huge game for both of those teams to see how their seasons will go. Both of them one and one, both of them with disappointing losses. Houston's more disappointing to Rice. TCU's was disappointing, but um, you know they, they are replacing a lot after the season they had last year. Then Kansas and Nevada. So what is on the line? Well, for the conference as a whole, I think one of these teams taking a step forward, I think preferably TCU to show that they're back on track, but also Dana Holgerson, you know, this, this could be a massive turning point for him. If they can show that last week's a bit of an aberration, but it would also make it more frustrating. If, if West Virginia can get this victory, then we've got ourselves a bit of a conversation. Now you can start maybe talking a bit about what happens with Neil Brown, because then you get Texas tech at home. If they were able to pick off, I mean, if they go, if they go one and two here, like I'm actually a one and one, excuse me, I'm not like totally upset with this, but if they could find a way to go two and oh in those two games, I don't think they will. They could find a way to go two and oh, be in some good shape. And, and Cincinnati, they show the blueprint. You put some pressure on Phil Dracovic, he will not, he will crumble. He crumbled last week. He was terrible. Uh, did not have a good week um, last week. And then also, so you talked about that, you know, that part of it. So, uh, you know, big time hot seat game, a couple of massive hot seat games. You know, I, I've been saying that Neil Brown's seat is cold. He needs to fight his way back and he needs a vision for the program. He needs an identity for the program. Let's see how tough this team can be and they can get some toughness back. And if he starts building an identity, who knows where it could go. And then obviously uh, the, the Houston uh, TCU game we already mentioned, but K-State against Missouri. They mollywopped the Tigers last year in um, uh, that game was at K-State. This one, maybe a bit of a different story. Missouri struggled with Middle Tennessee State last week. K-State has gotten two big wins, but have struggled to run the ball at times. Missouri's defensive line has been pretty good for them. Uh, you know, it was good come into the year. So we'll see. Can K-State's offense uh, or defense rather continue uh, and, and keep down this Missouri offense? I think they've got a good chance at doing that because Missouri's offense is not too good. But for K-State, if we're talking about making the ultimate level up and having a look at a, not just a big 12 championship, but a national or a national championship, but a college football playoff berth, this is one of those must win games because you look at last year, the way things went down, the loss that took along the way, right? They would kind of, it was like two or three steps forward and then one step back. They had the good start to non-conference and then they lost that two lane game. And they got into conference, and I, I forgot if Texas or TCU was. I think TCU was first. They had that hiccup because they obviously injuries in that game. They had that hiccup. Then they a little bit more momentum, uh, and they had the Texas game right. But they still finished the year strong. Were able to go to the Big Twelve Championship game at nine and three. Got that tenth win and got the Wildcats 
a 10 win season. So this is one of those must win games. If we're talking about that elevation of the program, in my opinion, so that's what's on the line this week for the big 12. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Like the video, leave your comments as well. All right, folks, we'll see y'all tomorrow.